In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome in to the camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. He's Jesse Temple from The Athletic. The last time we talked, Jesse, it was the beginning of the Luke Fickle era, the first day of the Luke Fickle era. Now we're a week into it, and uh, there has been some more news, um, some of it dealing with Luke Fickle, some of it not, but he's uh, obviously uh, got an opinion on all of it. Uh, we did get an opportunity to chat with him tonight uh, after Wisconsin's bowl game was announced. They're going to play Oklahoma State in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix coming up on December 27th. I know you're that, – that was – where you're hoping for, right? The the selfishness in you? Well, it beats Detroit. I'm not a fan of the 8.15 p.m. Mountain Standard Time uh, game, but I already got the flight booked, so I'll take 65 degrees over 25 any day. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we have that decided, and we'll, uh, we'll get into the bowl game at some point. There there are a few questions that I got about it uh, on Twitter, but that is not going to be our main focus. Our main focus I guess um, let's start with let's start with the Graham Mertz news and then we'll get into the Jim Leonard uh, story as well. Graham Mertz, while we were talking to Luke Fickle, announced that he was going into the transfer portal. So the most sought after quarterback recruit Wisconsin has ever landed lasts four years, three years as a starter and now is uh, heading to the portal and going elsewhere. It was a great start to his career. Five touchdowns, no interceptions against Illinois. A lot of ups and downs since. Felt like through the first eight games of the season, he had made some some progress. Um, and the last month of the season was a bit of a disaster for him and, and really for the offense in general. Um, but he really, really struggled down the stretch. And some of that certainly probably had a little to do with, with injuries that he was dealing with. But the news is not overly surprising. I think a lot of us thought that a uh, new location probably would be best for him. And He's uh he's hitting the portal on on day one. I can't say it's a huge surprise, uh, just based on the way things were trending with a new head coach. And I think it's important to remember that if Graham had decided to come back, he would have had his fourth offensive coordinator and fourth quarterbacks coach in as many seasons. And obviously, no guarantee that he was going to be the starter moving forward. With Luke Fickle who wants to put his own imprint on the program, perhaps a more mobile quarterback, somebody that will fit that offense a little bit better. But I think there comes a point in a lot of players' uh, college careers where they have to decide whether it's time for a change in the quarterback position in particular is unique because sometimes you kind of wear out your welcome um, or the growth may not happen anymore there or you get a new coach. And I think it's interesting to note that this is the third consecutive starting quarterback at Wisconsin that ultimately will wind up transferring um, it's kind of the lay of the land these days, but Graham Mertz's career, a very interesting ride when you juxtapose what people thought he was going to be when he came in and, and where he is now as he leaves. But I do give him credit for the way he handled everything, at least publicly, the way he showed up every time he was asked to be made available for interviews other than two games after Iowa and after Minnesota, because he was dealing with injuries. Um, just, you know, I think when we look back at his career, we'll say it, it certainly wasn't what what people thought it was going to be no but he was he was as tough as they come um he continually got up after every big hit that he took uh kept fighting and i think it's you know sometimes when you see guys transfer there's a 
you know, a few players will they'll like, oh yeah, can't can't wait to see what you do next and that type of thing. With Graham, it was it was overwhelming in terms of just the response from from teammates. And maybe that has a little bit to do with him being the starting quarterback. But I think he genuinely genuinely was liked in the locker room, and they liked that he went to bat for him, and he they liked that. He never pointed fingers publicly. Now, maybe that wasn't the case in the locker room and maybe it wasn't the case on the field, uh, but he, publicly he never pointed fingers at other guys for making mistakes. It was always, I got to do this. I have to do that. And I think while, you know, you, you cover guys, however they decide to interact with the media, it, it is what it is. But when you get a guy like Graham, who never backed down, as you said, never tried to run away from uh, the things that were happening around him, um, you you at least have to respect that as much as anything. And you're right, the, the football didn't go his way, but you know, um, we'll see if he can find another spot. And I, I think if things are around him better than they were at Wisconsin, I think he's going to be successful. We we saw him have success. He's got the arm. He's got he's got that talent. It's just it just never came together on a consistent basis for him at Wisconsin. And I thought it was interesting. You know, we you uh, asked Luke Fickle about the transfer because it happened, as I said, right when he was talking this afternoon. And he said he talked to Graham multiple times, talked to his family, said he tried to get him to um, stick around just to see, you know, what the change would look like. And, you know, at the end of the day, he respected his decision to move on. And I think that's what a lot of people have to do. And I I understand that what he did on the field wasn't good enough. And people are certainly taking shots at him for that. And that's that's up. To, you know, that's fine. But the kid loved Wisconsin and he and he gave it his all. And um, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, I. I had the benefit of covering Graham's career wire to wire. And I mean, I've been talking to him for five years now, uh, way back when he was just a guy who had three offers and nobody really knew who he was. And uh, he could have gone anywhere. I think that's important to remember now that he had committed to Wisconsin at a time when Kansas, Minnesota and Wisconsin offered him. And then a couple months later, he, he leads his high school to a state championship. He goes to a combine, dominates, and then Michigan offers him, Ohio State offers him. And and you name a major program, and he had a scholarship offer. And I, I can remember going and visiting him in December 2018. This was a few weeks before he was going to be an early enrollee in January 2019 and watched him work out with his private quarterbacks coach. And I remember sitting on a, a bench overlooking the, the practice field at his high school. And he pulls out his cell phone, and he's got these messages, and and he had saved them because it's pretty cool if you're a 17, 18 year old kid. And and there were messages from from Dabo Sweeney at Clemson and, and Nick Saban at Alabama. And he said, but I'd rather play for Paul Chris. And again, he he it seemed like he always said the right things in public. But I think, you know, that's something that if, even if you're a Wisconsin fan now and disappointed with how it turned out, he made a commitment to come to Wisconsin and he stuck by that commitment when I don't know that. A lot of other guys would have done that in the same situation. Now, having good relationships with John Budmeyer and Paul Christ at the time helped. Um, but I, I think it's just a, really a fascinating window into <laughs> expectations um, because I do wonder, in, in retrospect, <laughs> was it fair to put the weight of the world on a high school kid to change the fortunes of an entire program? It didn't feel so out of line at the time, right? He was the MVP of the All-American Bowl. He dominates Illinois in his starting debut. But there's so many things that have to go right at Wisconsin. Think about the 2020 season. Basically, half the roster was wiped out by either injuries or illness during the pandemic. I think we could safely say that the offensive line has not been dominant in any year that Mertz has been the starter. And the run game this year ranks 53rd in rushing offense. Now, some of that has to do with the fact Wisconsin was passing a little bit more. But like, it's not solely on Graham that things didn't work out. Obviously, 
there are a lot of situations in critical moments where he didn't come through. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I just think it's it's fascinating to look back on this whole run that he had and, and think about what people believed was possible for him and, and whether that was even fair <laughs> for a guy to, to think he's going to come in and, and be a Heisman guy. And I mean, look, I, I'm the first to admit, I, I wrote all the stories I could about Graham early on. And a lot of them had to do with his potential and what he could be. Um, now he had, he had to go out and prove it, but I think it all goes into this story. Um, if you, if you didn't have the ratings behind him and the fact that he was the highest rated quarterback recruit in the online ranking year to sign with Wisconsin to high school, you'd look at him and say he started three years at Wisconsin. He went 19 and 13. He threw, I think 38 touchdown passes, 26 picks. Um, those aren't great numbers, but I think he accomplished a lot. It was just never going to be what people wanted because what people hoped it would be was helping Wisconsin get to the college football playoff. And Wisconsin was never even close. Didn't even win the big 10 West in his three years as a starter. Yeah. So he moves on and I, I suspect uh, I was asked one of the Twitter questions got asked was whether he would start at a power five school next year. And I think, I, I think he does. Like, I think he fine. I mean, there's 50 some odd power five schools and I think there's, going to be more as the big 12 grows. So I kind of feel like, do you think so? I mean, I kind of feel like he's going to find a spot where he's going to be able to go and start. And if, you know, he's a junior this year and you would think, Oh, he's only got one year left. He doesn't, he's got two years left because he can use that. He can use the COVID year. So essentially he's got two years of eligibility left. So I guess it doesn't guarantee that he has to go find a starting spot right now, but I kind of feel like that's probably where he's looking and, and we'll find somewhere to, to be that guy. I mean, I don't know right now whether he's going to be the starter, but he's going to have great options at his disposal. And I have zero doubt in my mind that he and his family are going to weigh what will give him the best opportunity to play right away, or at the very least be engaged in a competition. And I think he'll thrive in that, in a new environment. I really do. I don't, I mean, I'm I don't know what kind of numbers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of numbers he's going to put up. I, I, I think any, any school is fair game where he can go and be a, a key contributor. So obviously Tommy DeVito, was a transfer quarterback for them this year and had great success from Syracuse. So it's something Brett Bielema has shown he can do at Illinois. I mean, it's something that Brett Bielema has shown he will do throughout his entire coaching well, career. It's worked. It worked out at Wisconsin with Russell, obviously. It worked out one of three times for him. Le- less so in, with Danny O'Brien. And less so with Alan Everidge, too. He brought in Alan Everidge as a quarterback early in his tenure there, and that did not go well either. But, you know, that's... That is now that that's that's what Graham has to go and figure out. And uh, we'll see where he lands for Wisconsin. Uh, this, you know, certainly kind of throws things at, not unexpectedly throws things into a little bit uh, questionable. What exactly next year is going to look like? Well, we don't even know what the bowl game is going to look like. Will Chase Wolf play? Will he potentially try and go play uh, a six year somewhere else and maybe enter the transfer portal before uh, the game? If he's not going to be the starter, I would think he probably would want to do that. But is it is it Miles Burkett? who can still play and not burn his red shirt. So, I mean, those are, I don't know which way Wisconsin is going to go with it, but I do know that they have a significant job this off season in rebuilding that room uh, because uh, next year, Miles Burkett, along with Cole LaCrue are the only two scholarship quarterbacks they currently have. You would think Luke Fickle is going to bring in another recruit in the class of 2023. It could be the guy that he had at Cincinnati and Brady uh, was it Drogosh. I'll leave you on the hook to pronounce it. I'm not, I'm not going to try. Okay. Uh, either way, he is a, a four-star kid that has committed there. Joe Gosh, I think, is what it is. Either way, it's it sounds like the offensive coordinator there may not be in the in the mix to to stick around, and, and maybe Brady Drew, and maybe he comes here instead. And, and so we'll see. Either way, 
maybe he find maybe he finds another quarterback in the 2023 class that he brings in. I think he probably have to. Um, and then the transfer portal. It feels like there's going. This is going to be an absolutely insane next three weeks. I think for that transfer portal and and especially the quarterbacks because you can completely change the idea identity of your team if you get one of the big ones right. And and there's a bunch of them that have a potential to be that that either don't want to sit behind guys or didn't get an opportunity or, you know, kind of like Graham where, you know, you're a highly successful uh, recruit coming in. Maybe things don't work out and a change of scenery is where it goes. But it sounded like in talking to, to Luke Fickle tonight that he's he knows that it's a position that is obviously key and that it's uh, managing it has has significantly changed in recent years. Yeah, that's exactly what he said, especially the last year and a half is what he said. And he's talked about, he talked about on Sunday night, the, the philosophy and the approach that you have to take here, because one thing that he said Monday night at his introductory news conference is that he doesn't want to be a coach at a program that relies significantly on transfers. He wants to develop players. That's very similar to what Jim Leonard said. At the same time, you have to be a realist about where things are in college football. And, and and he is because even at Cincinnati, when he said he didn't want to do that, I looked back over his last, I think four classes or four years, they brought in like 20 transfers. So um, you're going to have to do it and you're going to need to do it at quarterback this year. Two is the number right now. Again, don't necessarily know where things stand with Chase Wolf, but he was one of those seniors who was honored on senior day and he's been a career backup and, and maybe he would want to move on. I don't know where things stand with him, but what we do know is it's Miles Burkett and Cola crew and you got to have at least four. Um, so if they can get the Cincinnati kid or if they can get another late bloomer, they're still going to need a transfer. I don't know what it'll look like, but yeah, these next three weeks are going to be massive. And the other thing to consider is there's also the February signing period, which is of less consequence these days now that there's an early signing period in December, but maybe particularly important for Luke Fickle as he tries to figure this out. But it was funny when he was talking to us, he was in a car, somebody was driving him because he said he was headed to Chicago to, to continue to recruit. That's all he's doing right now for the next couple of weeks. And that class in general going to look a lot different. I think by the time we get to the December 21st signing period, because as it stands, we're having this conversation there down to nine committed prospects won't be surprised if they wind up adding back a couple from that Chicago area, but a lot of work to do all over the roster. And again, they are working already. Now they have not announced any of their hires in terms of new staff that are coming in, but we know that guys are already on the, uh, on the road recruiting Mike Tressel, who was a co-defense coordinator for uh, Cincinnati last year and their linebackers coach. He was seen down in Illinois. Uh, Colin Hitchler, who was their safeties coach, also on the road recruiting for them on Friday. So th these guys are already hitting the ground running. And it's kind of interesting, like all the guys, it, it feels like uh, the new staff is, is hitting the road and the current staff is kind of, I, maybe, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. I was about to say that, that the new staff is just focusing on the bowl game, but that's not necessarily the case. But that will be the case here these next three weeks um, because Fickle told us tonight that the staff that's been here for the last two months is going to be the one that coaches the bowl game, except for him. He's going to have, uh, he's going to, he envisions his role as the head coach though. What that all entails in terms of where he's going to be coaching is uncertain. Um, but the rest of the staff is going to stay unless they get jobs, which obviously uh, Bob Bostad did. And he's off to Indiana to be their offensive line coach. Uh, but the other guys, that he hires, I think are going to be, I, I don't know how that works. Do you know how that works? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause you only well, have how many, how many guys can actually be on the uh, like quote unquote, 
guys can go on the road and recruit. It's only it can only be ten, right? Uh, I don't know the number. Well, uh, there's ten full time assistant coaches, so right. I believe so because when Jim was still the interim coach, he had not filled that additional assistant coach job. And one right. of the things he said was they wanted to get through that bye week because they could use, instead of having an assistant, Mickey Turner, the director of recruiting to go on the road. So that would be my understanding. I'm not exactly sure how it will work. Bob Bostead is off to Indiana, a, a very good recruiter, by the way, during his time at Wisconsin, who steps into that role. And we didn't have a chance to ask Luke this question Sunday. And I know he's still searching for the answers and wouldn't, necessarily been able to tell us but who's coaching the offensive line right <laughs> in in the bowl game uh, there are a lot of questions to answer but he did make it clear that he wants the coaches that have been here to continue through the bowl unless they do get other jobs because at at this point it's supposed to be about the players and having the best bowl experience and if you bring in a bunch of new coaches to suddenly throw them into the mix i mean that's not really going to be a very pleasant experience for the guys who busted their ass all season for other coaches. I mean, it's kind of how it works now, but it's a weird spot for everybody. And I know there are more questions that we have about this staff and Jim Leonard and what the next few weeks and beyond will look like. Yeah. When we talked to Tanner Bordellini last Thursday and uh, Kenny and Heilpern, I asked him, you know, you don't even know who your positions co- position coach is going to be, do you? And he goes, I have no clue. So it's not that we don't, it's not that uh, it's not just us that doesn't have answers. The players don't have answers, obviously either. Um, and I think that probably kind of leads us into this next topic and that's Jim Leonard um, because we heard from Luke Fickle last when he got hired that he was going to sit down he had he had sat down with Jim Leonard on Sunday he was going to sit down with him again on Wednesday and they were going to figure out whether Jim was going to stick around or not that decision very much still up in the air despite a report on Saturday that said you know uh, he was he had already made a decision to come back Luke Fickle told us Sunday night that he had that uh, he has not heard from Jim Leonard on whether he will return or not the Wisconsin State Journal, Jim Polzine, reporting that he has been offered the defense coordinator job, but no decision has been made. And I think that is, uh, I think that's, gosh, a huge, a huge domino here on a number of different levels, not solely because of what he means to the defense and the coaching acumen he brings to it, but also what he means to that locker room and the potential of keeping guys in house if, uh, you know, when this portal opens tomorrow and guys are able to, to, to go elsewhere, would they be more interested in sticking around and playing for Jim Leonard if he was going to be here? And if he's not, where could they potentially look? I, th- I think uh, there's probably several guys that are like that that are, ooh, I don't know. If Jim's here, I'm going to stay. And if he's not, then maybe I'm going to look elsewhere. It's a huge, huge domino that needs to fall. And yet we don't know when that decision is going to be made. Yeah, I think there are some who are wondering if it's just a matter of the defensive coordinator job was posted I think on a Monday right and there's that seven day window and I don't necessarily believe that's the case I think if I don't this was a done deal Luke Fickle would have said something about it and the other thing is I mean why haven't we heard from any of the players on social media that Jim Leonard said anything to them because they would be over the moon about this unless and, and like I don't even know that you could put a muzzle on 18 to 22 year olds and just say don't talk about this like if he straight up came out and told the team that he was coming back it would be the greatest thing since sliced bread for them because he is so beloved. Um, so I'm, we do have to take Luke for what he says. And, and that's, it's, there's no timetable, no rush, and he's weighing the options. And that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot on the line here about what he, what he wants to do, who he's going to do it with. And there are a lot of questions that we don't have the answers to. And I imagine Jim and Luke are trying to figure that out too, because like you said, like if he does come back, 
what exactly is his role going to be? Is he just going to be the defensive coordinator in charge of the entire defense when Fickle's bringing in his own staff, one of whom was a co-defensive coordinator last year, and how much say would he have over the defense and assistant coaches, and and what would he want his future to be in general? I think we know how much he loves Madison because he's reiterated multiple times over the years. He's got three young kids. They built a house in the area. So I don't think he's looking to go somewhere, but at the same time, he's got to do what's best for his long-term future. Obviously, if he stays, I think it'll be a, it'll make a substantial difference in terms of who stays and who goes, particularly on defense. So there's a lot to figure out. I have to imagine we'll get an answer in the next week or less. But again, as, as Fickle said, there's there's no rush and no timetable. Um, and by that, it means you don't have to decide by tomorrow, but you're going to have to know fairly soon. I feel like it's going to be days. I yeah. mean, like it, like in like in the next day or so. Um, That's a possibility. Just because just because there's so much that is happening and, and it feels like, yeah, there's no timetable. And yet transfer portal uh, recruiting coming up like there's there are there are things that are important that uh, having a guy like Jim on staff or not having him on staff is going to be a pretty significant change one way or yeah. the other. So I think um, the sooner, obviously, the better. He doesn't want to force him. Look, he, he was in this situation. We talked about it last week. He was in this situation in, tw- in 2011 and, you know, he decided to stick around at his alma mater and be the code events coordinator for another five years. I don't think that's going to be Jim Leonard. Uh, I feel like maybe a year or two that he could, then he could potentially get a head coaching job somewhere else or, or, you know, maybe there's something open this all season that he likes. He, Luke Fickle said, he's got a million options or he's got, a, what do you say? He said, he's got a, a million things, you know, that, that could potentially be in front of him. So I did think it was interesting. They, they have had, a number of talks. They've had good dialogue, talked about philosophies, uh, his potential role, and, and talked about the other options outside of Madison and where he uh, wants to be or potentially wants to be down the line. And he picked his brain. And I, I think that he's obviously thinking a lot into this decision. I just don't. It's a huge one. Which way do you think it's going to go? Um, I think he's going to come back. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just do. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have I don't have any inside information right now in his thought process, but um but I don't know. I think it could go either way. That's that's the thing is because it's just such a huge decision. And, and it's not just a decision for next year. It's a decision for, like like Fickle said on Monday, the next five to 10 years, where does he want to be and what does he want to do? So, um, but I still think he'll come back because he and his family really want to be here. And at a certain point, you know, you just have to kind of overcome the hurt and the blow to your ego about not getting a job. And and that obviously is massive. And um, I just think if there was anybody that he was going to do it for, it would be Luke fickle. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. It's just a, a real interesting thing. Cause I Fickle's not just going to turn over the keys to the defense to him. Right. Like, I mean, he's Jim's been able to essentially do what he's wanted to do because Paul was an offensive coach. And that has that. I feel like that'd be very tough for someone like fickle to do, but if they're able to meld that together and, and build something together and, and put their brains together to build something even better than what it has been over the last, you know, uh, you know, seven years or six years, then that's something you do too. I, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean it, what are their philosophies? I mean, that they talked about defensive philosophies or just philosophies in general. Can they meld that together? Can they put it and come together and, and make something better out of it? Well, I think the other thing to consider is, let's say that Jim does decide to stay and it doesn't wind up being what he wants. There is no season in which he's not going to have a bunch of options 
he's going to be a hot commodity next season if it doesn't come together the way that he wants. And maybe you've got a little more time to to think things out as opposed to because here's the other thing. Um, I think he thought he was getting this job. <laughs> I mean, oh, yes, we yes. thought we thought he was getting the job and the, the yes. way we were framing questions to him and the way he was answering kind of led us all to believe that it was just a matter of time. So um, <laughs> that like that's a lot to overcome. Um, but. So what I'm, I guess the point I'm making is there wasn't a lot of time here for him to brace himself for what his future was going to look like if it wasn't going to be as the head coach. Whereas if he stays and it doesn't work out, I think he'd have a little more time to to come up with a game plan. And at least he could say that he, you know, he tried to make that work. But we'll see. I I, I think we'll know fairly soon, obviously, because to your point, we have to. The transfer portal opens Monday and those players want to know what their futures look like and who's going to be coaching them. All right. Let's uh Let's get into some of these these Twitter questions I got. Uh, has a coach, this big boss, but he says, has coach that was hired after the regular season ever come in and coached the bowl game for a new team before? I yep. Has it? Yes. Who? Sonny Dykes did it at SMU in the 2017 Frisco Bowl. Really? Oh, you look, yes. you got some you got some research on this. I do, because I was gonna write a story about it, but then Graham Mertz transferred. <laughs> um, and there's been some other coaches. Tommy West, it's Clemson in 1993. David Cutcliffe at Ole Miss in 1998. Chris Skelfo at Tulane in 1998, and Brian Kelly did it at Cincinnati in 2006. So that's the list that I have. There may be some others. It's not unprecedented, but what I would say is it's completely unprecedented at Wisconsin because the last two times there was a nice little uh, back pocket plan with Barry Alvarez coming out of retirement to coach. Don't have that this time. No, you don't. It's it's a weird. I mean, it's weird, right? I get what you were here. I can't remember. I thought Gary Anderson was after the Rose Bowl, or did it happen in December? No, well, he was hired before the Rose Bowl. Was he? Okay, all right, cool. Uh, I couldn't remember what, what when exactly that was. Uh, Colin asks, uh, "What's the timeline for when we'll start getting clarity on the staff and and their roles?" <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know because I don't even know if we're going to have all the answers before the bowl game, which is still three weeks away. I would like to think so, but there's a lot of moving parts and they haven't all been addressed. So I have no idea. Yeah. It it feels like he's still very much trying to put everything together. Um, And again, I think like if Jim Leonard comes back, is he going to have want to say, have a say in any of the potential assistance on defense? Or is this just going to be you're going to be the defensive coordinator and, and do this and I'll uh, you don't you won't have any say. I wonder if that is, is something that has to uh, be worked out um, because I, I feel like he probably likes some of the guys on defense, likes what they've been able to do and, and maybe wants to keep them around. Um, but gosh, that's a, obviously a, a unknown part of this. We just don't we don't know and, and won't know until there's an official decision from Jim Leonard. The next one is over under Jesse on how many kids enter the transfer portal. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put the over under at eight and a half. The number of players in the transfer portal. Yep. I'm From, saying eight, and, I'm saying eight and a half. You can tell me over under. Are we including Graham? Yes. Um, hmm. But none of the guys that before. Yeah. Wow. That's a large number. I'm still, I, I think I'll take the over. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the, I think the over is easy. If, Jim Leonard's not here. Oh yeah, because uh, I think I think some defensive guys will go. I think if Jim Leonard's here, I think some defensive guys will stay. 
uh, mm-hmm. that may that may otherwise decide to go elsewhere. I certainly think most of the Wisconsin kids are going to stay um, outside of Braylon Allen. But I, I feel like a lot of the guys, again, that's nothing's official on Braylon Allen. It just feels just feels that way, kind of like it did with Graham. But in terms of the Wisconsin, the other Wisconsin kids, I think most of the Wisconsin kids will stay. And then it's just going to be holding on to the out-of-state guys. Uh, and, and keeping Jim on staff, I think, would, would certainly help that. If you were Luke Fickle, who would you play in the bowl game at quarterback? Seems like a lot of upside to play Miles Burkett and no upside to yeah. play Chase Wolf. Yeah, this is a really tough question because I would want to know what Burkett has for the future. You have nothing to lose because they're six and six and he's he's got his red shirt no matter what. He's only played in two games. You can play up to four and retain the red shirt. On the other hand, wow, that would be a <laughs> real uh kick to the uh uh groin. For, for Chase Wolf to be a yeah. fifth-year senior and you bided your time behind Graham and Graham finally leaves and and you don't start. Um, part of me thinks, like, no one's owed anything, but Chase kind of should have the opportunity to be the guy, and he's he's been the number two quarterback when he's been healthy all season. On the other hand, God, it's sort of tantalizing to find out what Burkett can do, but I think it'll be Chase Wolf. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, to start a guy who hasn't started at all. uh, And I know Chase, you know, doesn't have a ton of experience, but like, I don't know how I don't know how fair that is necessarily to just throw a redshirt freshman into his first start in a bowl game. So I think I'll go Chase for sure. Uh, There's a lot of questions on here that I I don't have answers for, but I want to I want to answer ask them at a later date when we may have better answers for them. So just because I didn't answer your question uh, in this episode doesn't mean that I'm not going to get to it. Uh, We've got a couple more, though. Uh, Any specific players uh, that we're hoping to see get more snaps in the bowl game who didn't play much during the season? Do you have anybody off the top of your head? For me, it might be TJ Bowlers. Um, I think that there was some excitement about him earlier, uh, obviously during the see uh, during the, the preseason, maybe that, of, maybe some of that excitement was uh, generated by myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly a possibility. And then also Aaron Witt, uh, a guy mm. who has not been ruled out yet, uh, despite not, pl- not having played all of last season and all of this season, still not ruled up. Maybe the bowl game is, is when he makes his debut. Those would be two guys that, that stand out for me. I feel like I just want to throw a bunch of names out here. <laughs> Give me Go Vinny Anthony. I want to see oh, okay. some. I want to see what Vinny Anthony can do. How about uh, how about Joe Brunner? Like, let, let's get him right. into the mix on the L line. I can't really say the L line has been uh, particularly dominant this season. So, how about Julius Davis? You know, yeah. What, what do we got? That would certainly quiet some people. They're asking where Julius Davis is if he were to, if he were actually able to get on the field and play some. So yeah, you'd have you have that go. going for him. Yeah, for sure. Jack Pugh. At tight end, a guy who we haven't seen yet. Um, and I know he's been dinged up at different times, so who knows if, if he'd be healthy or not. But can we get Riley of... Nowakowski a touch? Can we get a him touch? a touch? Well, can I don't know. Can, can, I, mean, I mean, the way that uh, Jackson Anchor looked against Minnesota, I don't know. Do you, I mean, I, I, maybe we need to get Jackson Anchor more involved. Maybe, maybe. I mean, could be all sorts of craziness going on in the guaranteed rate bowl if anyone is awake for it. Do you think uh, any any of these new style of offense is going to be installed during the bowl prep? Or is it is this no. just uh, yeah? I felt like Wisconsin. This is going to be Wisconsin, and they'll deal with that in the off season, right? Yeah, that's my take on it. I mean, do you think Luke Fickle is going to win uh, more or less than five national titles at Wisconsin? <laughs> that's from Chris. Yeah, um, or only win five. 
I <laughs> I'll take the under. I think uh, I'll believe Wisconsin. Well, hey, there's a 12 team playoff heading our way, so at least they'll be in the mix. Do you think that there's uh, South Jersey Pete asked this one last one? Uh, do you think there's any chance that uh, some of these changes may entice a guy like Isaac Arendo or Chase Wolf or some of these other uh, potential six year guys to stick around for a six year? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the 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 Chase Wolf situation would be interesting because there are just like no quarterbacks. But if they get a couple, um, then that would change things. I mean, I don't know. I, I I look forward to the opportunity to talk to some of these guys if and when that does happen before the bowl game. Uh, there is a team media day the day before tentatively out in Phoenix. So presumably we'll at least talk to somebody by then. So hopefully we'll get some more <laughs> clarity on what these guys are doing now i'm i'm teasing i wouldn't have expected to talk to anybody yet and i'm, I'm sure we will as bowl prep ramps up but i i don't know i mean maybe they will be reinvigorated with a new coach and, and see a different role for them on offense in the future obviously fickle is having or going to have these discussions with all the key guys on the roster and beyond because he needs to know who's in and who's out and and they deserve to know how they would be utilized should they decide to come back i feel like uh we'll go out with this one i, I lied so um Matt says, the, as the roster stands now, what is the biggest need for next year? Or second biggest need, obviously, behind quarterback. He says it's the defensive line and finding somebody to fill in for Keanu Benton. Mm. I mean, they don't have any wide receivers committed in the class right now. I realize that the, the bulk of the guys who contributed are all supposed to come back. Um, I don't know. D-line, wide receiver, those are two that stand out to me. If, if Nick Herbig running leaves, out, outside linebacker. If Braylon Allen leaves, running back. Um, well, I mean, if, if Ches Malusi leaves. If Ches Malusi doesn't, maybe well, he, maybe maybe he's – obviously he says he's coming back. Yeah. But maybe this could change that. I don't know is what I'm saying. Like, there, there's there's no certainty right now on no. any of these guys. I can't, I can't sit here and say outside of Tanner Bordellini, because he told me he's not going anywhere, <laughs> that – no one else is leaving. I, I don't think most of these guys are leaving, but there's no there's no certainty in this situation. Just like there's been no certainty to any of this uh, since uh, August or excuse me October first. So, but I mean, I guess it will depend, right? I think corner could be a possible like a, a possibility where you mm -hmm. lose a bunch of guys. I think there's a number of areas that they could hit the portal or need to hit the portal if they want to have a competitive. I shouldn't say competitive team, but to be, to be able to play at a level high enough to win the big 10 West uh, in its potentially final year. So this will be the busiest off season from a roster standpoint that I can ever remember at Wisconsin because of not just the coaching change, but how things have evolved in the sport with the transfer portal. Things are going to no, look totally different when we get to spring ball. It's beautiful though, too, right? Like, I mean, if you were in this situation, like in losing all these kids and you didn't have the opportunity to maybe, and the thing is you wouldn't lose all these kids if there wasn't the transfer portal too, because they wouldn't want to sit out at their new job or their new spots. So maybe they would come back and, um, you know, just deal with it. But the opportunity that you have to, to fill holes with the transfer portals is, is uh, we've seen it work very, very well at places, whether it was at LSU or at USC. And again, I know Wisconsin's not on those, those two schools levels in terms of pulling kids in, but it, it certainly gives them a lot of options in, in trying to fill a roster. And especially if uh, a large number of guys head out, We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Jesse, thank you very much. Uh, and we'll, ca we'll catch up soon. Sounds good, Zach. Thanks. All right, there he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to The Camp.